For more information on this topic or on the subject of disciple making in general, look us up online at browndegreen.org or send us an email directly at podcast at browndegreen.org. Thanks for listening. You are now listening to The Great Awakening, a disciple making podcast brought to you by Brown and Green. And now for your host, Lauren Ferris, Lori Evans, and Summer Cole. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you guys for uh, joining us on this episode of the Great Awakening podcast brought to you by Brown to Green. I am Lori Evans. And I am Lauren Ferris. And today we have Emily Foreman, who is newly Emily Foreman, was previously Emily, Emily Pierce. So some of you may know her by that. She is from Kansas City. And so, um, Emily, welcome. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. We're glad you're here. Hey, can you just start off by telling us just a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am a physical therapist by day and part-time staff member at Serve Community Church. Um, Yeah, that's my work life. I've been married to my wonderful husband, Caleb, for almost a year, a week from Sunday. Ah, oh, congratulations. Uh, thank you. And have two cats, uh, no children yet. Um, yeah, I'm originally from Idaho. So a Northwest girl, grew up in the mountains and such and skiing. And it's a little weird being in flatter Midwest, but I like to get out here. Weird good or weird bad? Or just, just weird, weird. Just not weird. having <laughs> much like landscape differential. Yeah. <laughs> and so in Serve Community Church, that is in Kansas City. Is that correct? It's in um, Prairie Village, Kansas. Um, Actually, since COVID, we've had a little bit of a location change. Uh, So we're currently actually in Kansas City, Missouri. Awesome. Are you guys doing church outside right now? We were for about six weeks. um, But now, just this past Sunday, we had our first Sunday uh, meeting at a different church just in the evenings. Awesome. We weren't weren't being able to get back into the school that we had met in pre-pandemic. So we had to figure something else out as the weather got colder. So has that, has that, is there a plan for that to reconvene um, back in, was it Prairie Village? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're just kind of, this is a short term thing yeah. maybe at this new location. We just wanted somewhere to still be able to meet on Sundays. Right. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, one of the things we ask our guests generally is something unique about them so what is there something that most people don't know about you that's unique um i think i have to say i've completed a rollerblade marathon <laughs> what is that <laughs> that's pretty is awesome. that what i mean is it what it sounds <laughs> like what it sounds like <laughs> i rollerbladed 26.2 miles oh i could i struggled running that i couldn't imagine rollerblading <laughs> that are there blisters involved in that it has to be blow. yes yeah, there has I, to be. I definitely got in over my head i thought <laughs> that rollerblader and i you know, had only ever gone for like maybe a half an hour at a time. I'm like, oh, <laughs> any problem, but I honestly think it would have been easier for me to run one than to play. That's one. hilarious. Were you sore the next day or the next like five oh, days? Yeah. yeah. It, it yeah. makes me think of kind of like after you've been on, I don't know, like on a, like a four wheeler for a long time and you get off and oh, you still yeah, feel, feel like, like you're, you're moving, moving. <laughs> <laughs> like your, your body would still Has be to. vibrating and kind of, oh, wow. Yeah. I never even knew that was a thing. <laughs> 
were running, then you could just stop and walk. But uh-huh. you can't walk. You can't. You just have to keep rolling. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> and that's awesome. <laughs> anyway, that was seven years ago, and I was in uh, Minnesota, living in Minnesota at the time, and people are like super into rollerblading up there. Maybe you uh, should bring that to Kansas City. But I was definitely not ready for that level of competition. <laughs> Man, talk about all the people you could meet to disciple at a marathon of rollerblading. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> probably be a good fishing pond. They're all just right? wondering why they're rollerblading they're like, 26 yeah. miles. Nobody's probably very friendly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there, um, I did season exercise. That is a good off-season exercise. I went to the park, a local park here in um, actually Middle City, Oklahoma, the other day to just to spend some time with the Lord. And there was a person out there rollerblading, an adult, like I'm guessing 30s or 40s. And it was one of those things where you're like, that's kind of cool. But I don't, how do you do that? Like, I don't know. Let's do it. Let's start a club. Yeah, we could. We could. We could have a rollerblade derby. Yeah. Complete with the, the knee pads and the elbow pads and the helmets and stuff. I'll be good. Mm. I awesome. thought about doing that at one point, getting into rubber derby. I don't think I'm that hardcore anymore. That's funny. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We get softer the older we get. It's just in, many, in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so the, you know, the purpose, the premise of this podcast generally is, well, is just disciple making and what that looks like. And so, kind of give us a history of of what your life was like before um, disciple making before that, that transformation that generally comes with that. And then how you were introduced to disciple making and then how life has been since then. And if you need me to go over that again, halfway through the the story, just let me know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, before starting at served community church, uh, in 2017, I'd never heard of disciple making. I didn't know what that was. Um, I grew up Methodist and just kind of intermittently went to church as an adult and didn't really have a faith of my own. It was more just like a social thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it was like this whole new world was opened up. Um, I, you know, served communion church when I joined it, it was in their pre-launch phase. And so it was, you know, everyone getting on board with this new culture that we were trying to birth and it was disciple making. And so, um, yeah, I got, I guess I got involved because I was asked by my pastor's wife to join her huddle. We call them huddles, mm-hmm. not D group, but uh, and I just said, sure. Did you, did you know <laughs> what you were getting into when you said yes? Um, a little bit because I'd heard of other people that were going through it. Um, and I just knew that I wanted to take another step in my, in my faith and my journey. So that seemed like the next thing. Yeah. What was your life prior to that? Like, were so you said you were kind of in and out as an adult. You didn't really. When did you realize you had a faith of your own? Was that through the process of like at the beginning stages of disciple making? Yeah, I would say it was um, a little bit before that. I was baptized probably like a month or two before I started um, our huddle or discipleship process. Um, so that I just kind of felt like that rebirth and wanting to start fresh and. Um, really dig into who is Jesus, what does it mean to follow him, what does it mean to implement daily uh, routines and reading and sharing um, with other believers. Uh, So I think that all started about, gosh, two and a half years ago now, I guess it's been. 
Okay. Real quick, just for our listeners. Um, so Lauren and I, we call it disciple making group or D group for short. And Emily refers to it as huddle. And that comes from Mike Breen. He has um, a couple of books on disciple making and he refers to them as the huddle. So they're the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so there's no confusion because we do. Yeah. We call them D groups, yeah. disciple making groups. Yeah. I'll probably keep calling it huddle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's cool too. As yeah. long as, as long as the mission is accomplished, it's right? It's less about what it's called yeah. and more about what it does Yeah, so, and what it is yeah. for sure. So, so I do have a quick question um, and this is going to be right in the middle of you telling us before and after, but you said that you started serve community church um, during the pre-launch phase. Is that, is that what, are those the words you used? So yeah, tell yeah. us how that's different from, from the normal church going experience. Well, first of all, like I said, I grew up Methodist, like, you know, very traditional singing hymns. There was all sorts of established groups um, and a congregation already. And so my first exposure to some sort of like non-denominational contemporary church was serve. And in pre-launch, we were just meeting once a month. Um, we were trying to get like teams formed and people that would be regulars. Uh, we're doing all sorts of community events and activities to get people just to know about us so they could, you know, eventually come to our launch Sunday. Um, so yeah, that was all new to me was being like on this team. And I'm also the very, the type of person, like I love doing things in teams and groups. So I was like fit right in. I'm like, yes, give me a job. Like I want to work with others. I just don't want to plan it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that like was really formative in my faith as well as like starting this brand new thing, which also coincided with just like the growing and the budding of like figuring out what faith really was. Um, Cause I feel like all growing up, I was in church, around church, but I never really understood what that meant. It didn't mean anything to me. It was just kind of like this, this, it makes me think of being intentional. It gets intentional with a purpose of growing the church. Whereas growing up, it, it sounds like maybe it, it was just go to church on Sundays because that's yeah, what, that's what we Sunday, do. Go to youth group. Yeah. That was like something to do. Right. You hang out with friends. Mm-hmm. But I would never say, like, I had a personal faith uh, or knew really much about Jesus or the Bible, period. Yeah. That's awesome. That's definitely relatable. So then through through the process of disciple making, what would you say is your biggest transformation? Oh, man. Um, I think first and foremost is just abiding mm-hmm. <laughs> and having having a rhythm of going to the Word and spending time in prayer um, and just listening and obeying, I've, you know, there's been several transformation moments, I think, especially in these last uh, few years, and they all come with a struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to go through hurt and pain and you come out on the other side and you see the blessings from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what, what does abiding look like in your life? Um, <laughs> it changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I never used to be a morning person. But probably like a year and a half ago, I was like, okay, I'm going to try this morning stuff out. It never made sense. <laughs> to me. I would wake up like earlier than they had to. Um, so I started started doing that. Waking up at like six or six thirty in the morning and 
you know, getting out of my bed, going over somewhere else, cracking open the Bible and just starting to read. And then hopefully, you know, something would grab my attention. And I had learned, you know, how to do and eat the word. So I would do some of those studies mm-hmm. sometimes. Or, um, yeah. And then just, just pray. I'm not much of a journaler. I've also tried that route sometimes. <laughs> um, I do have like a, a coloring devotional and that's been good as well. I've done those quite a bit um, just to get some like artistic creativity going in that way. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how my abiding rhythms are currently the time of day, I guess. Changes. Yeah. That's funny. So um, one thing I, I, when I write, when I journal, when I'm, when I'm abiding, do you ever, do you ever keep your journals? I toss mine and I get so much, yeah, Lori's face is like, huh? I get so much crud for that because I don't, I don't keep them. I'm like, well, if the Lord is going to teach me something again, I mean, why go back to, I, I don't know. My look, I think you're mistaken. My look is like, oh, like I don't that's the I most understand. novel idea ever. Oh. Like the freedom that would I know, come right? from that. People are normally like, what? You throw your notebooks away? So are you a notebook keeper or do you toss them when you journal? If, no, I guess I'm, I guess I'm a keeper because I have, um, I have a notebook from when I was in Huddle and being discipled. And now I have my notebook as a discipler. Well, but does that have your tools in it? Is that different? Or do you use it when you're abiding? Well, both. I use oh, it for everything. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I have the other one still. So I'm assuming I'm a keeper. You're a keeper. <laughs> so maybe that's the difference because I use one notebook as a calendar for for my, like keeping my, managing my tools for my journal. Like I just go from from day one to day however many fills my journal. And so there are calendar things in there. There oh. are journals in there. There are tools in there. There are sermon notes from oh, sermons. I like could it's never, all one book. No, I could never do that. I have to have a notebook for tools, a notebook for, well, and I don't take notes during church. I don't, I don't do you, do you do that, Emily? Are you a note taker? Me either. I'm Sometimes like, oh. I do. I don't, I, I wish I'm like, what are you guys writing? <laughs> We're doodling. doodling. When I try to journal, like nothing comes out. I'm just not, I'm I'm not that kind of a person. (laughs) That's funny. I don't know. I I love journaling. Also, I want to throw out really quickly. If you guys hear something funky in the background, Emily is actually joining us through Zoom. Um, So we are not able to control the sounds on her end. So if it sounds a little funky, that's what you're hearing. Or if there's feedback somehow, somewhere, I don't know. So it's just not as good quality when we have to do um, remotely. Yeah, but it. I mean, I am grateful for the technology that allows oh, yeah. us to and actually get to see her. Yes, Zoom. yeah. You guys can't see her, but we can actually see her face. That's one of the things that's different about this interview with Lauren and me. This is the first time we've interviewed someone. I think that we've never met. Yeah, I um, think so. So we we got to have a brief chat last week just to kind of get to know her, um, so we wouldn't be flying blindly today. But I don't know. Maybe the next time we meet, maybe we should just fly blindly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Let's do it and see what happens. See how it works. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. You are a guinea pig, Emily. You are definitely okay. a guinea pig. <laughs> yes. So so tell us a little bit. So when was it that you were discipled? Uh, I started getting discipled May 2018 and then was released August, September of last year. And immediately jumped into co-leading um, a new disciple group, new huddle. Is there one thing that sticks out to you about the time when you were being discipled about the biggest transformation in your life? 
Uh, yeah, uh, there was a couple. Um, I think the first and foremost, the biggest, like my first Kairos, my first die to myself, and this is pretty vulnerable, but I'm pretty open person, is um, I had just started dating my now husband and, um, you know, I didn't have many people speaking into my life about like what it means to have a Christian relationship. And so, I mean, we were, we were having a sexual relationship. And so I was really spoken into like, Hey, that's, that's not really what the Bible says. And so just having a big turnaround from that and having the conversation uh, with him, with Caleb about that, um, and having the support of the women in my group was super mm-hmm. awesome because um, I don't think I would have done that on my own. But it was kind of interesting as I was being pressed on by Carissa, my discipler, um, I also was just like feeling this this word of God, like this isn't right. I just had that like icky feeling. Um, so that was kind of cool. It was like the two angles coming in mm-hmm. at one time. So. I think that is super awesome. I think that's probably one of the hardest things as an adult woman um, for you to like personally, like for me to go through is to, to be in that, that intimate relationship and then be convicted and then have to pull back and, and the power and the strength, like there's, like you said, you couldn't have done that without the, your huddle group and the Lord, um, like, empowering you to be able to do that mm-hmm. and to still continue your relationship and it not to ruin everything that you had. Yeah. Um, but how awesome is that, 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 that ensures that your relationship is not built on sex. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's built on something outside of that. It's built, it's a real relationship that can be built on the Lord. So yeah, I, I think we that's got, awesome. We got to see like the fruit of that. Like yeah. we weren't, we had just started dating. I think we were dating like three or four months at that time. And um, you know, it's pretty, pretty quickly after that talk and, um, you know, going a couple months that we're like, this is for real. Like, I think I'm going to be with you forever. And like, we got engaged shortly after that and then married last year. So, so he was totally yeah. on board with that and the same type of conviction and was that, yeah. oh, that's so good. That's there, so yeah. awesome. There are two things that I'm reminded of as you, as you say that, and I know that that's probably very relatable for many listeners. Um, but I was seeing, I was reading in song, song of songs this morning, which I normally skip over <laughs> because I'm like, oh, this is weird. But, um, <laughs> one part I marked because it, it reminded me of our youth kids and then my kids too. And it talks about daughters of Jerusalem. I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires, meaning like not to jump into it right away and how like our lustful feelings Mm -hmm. and our desire for love can kind of lead us astray. And then it over on the next in Songs of Songs 2.15, it says, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards are vineyards that are in bloom. And when I read that, it's it's kind of. I'm talking about like fixing those little problems before they grow and fester. So like catching that when you did and, and, um, allowing the Lord to work in that before, before your relationship grew, like putting that out before it could progress. That's, that's really awesome. I think that's probably my favorite thing you've said so far. That's good. (laughs) That's just really good. Um, It's the real stuff. Yeah, it it is the real stuff. That's, that's the thing. And, um, again, in Western society, we, we try not to talk about that stuff because we're afraid of what it 
Judgment. Yeah. We're afraid of what other people are going to think about us, um, that they're going to judge us or I I don't know. I don't don't know. And how sweet is it? Spirit, like that's a beautiful picture of spiritual family. Like you had your sisters that you'd been walking closely with to help lift you up and like move forward with you. It wasn't anything you had to navigate on your own. Yeah. And it was really cool. I, um, I have this, uh, really good friend who I knew had gone through the same thing. Like she had like, you know, really strengthened her faith, her and her now husband kind of during the same time, like they'd had this relationship for so long and then they both like, you know, found Jesus and they had both made that decision prior to getting engaged and married as well. So I like immediately reached out to her and she was mm-hmm. super encouraging. Um, cause you don't, you don't hear about that very often. Yeah. Like people don't talk about it very much. You know, like you save yourself until marriage or <laughs> you don't. And there's yeah. not a lot of like backtracking. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. There's no redo. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. So you said there were two Kairos moments, um, two big ones. Was there another one that you wanted to share? Yeah. So another one, um, and I guess I don't have this like super well thought out, but um, there about a year and a half ago, there was um, this, this older man who was really like hard on times. Another gal from our church had kind of like, met him taking him under her wing and it came to light um that he was about to lose his housing um and i just again i just kind of felt this voice from god saying take him in (laughs) so um he moved in with me last june and then we fat during like lived with me all summer and you know took him to church he became like more active and um, we grew pretty close together and then, you know, found housing and he was able to move out last September and he's still circling in and around our church. And, um, you know, some of the people still keep in touch with him, but yeah, that was such a strange thing. Like as a single woman, I mean, I was engaged <laughs> at that time, but you know, now he wasn't living here yet. And so I was like, I'm just going to take in this 55 year old man. <laughs> I don't strange. really know. <laughs> Um, so that was like really a God move and, you know, tons of things were like orchestrated during that time that it was like, it just worked out perfectly. Um, that season of life, I think for, for both of us. So. That reminds me of the good Samaritan story, Mm -hmm. Um, that one. And then the be a doer, not just hearers of the word, Um, Mm. you know, that's you being a doer instead of being like, Oh, poor guy. Yeah. Well, and And I'd also, man, people have lost a touch for hospitality. Yes, Travis and I have talked about that a lot Mm -hmm. just in the last couple of weeks, um, hospitality in general, because we're trying to protect ourselves and what's ours. Yeah, not let people in. Yeah, we (laughs) hold it really close and really dear, like, this is mine. You're not going to get in my bubble. You're not going to get, you know, you're not going to take anything from me Yeah. when really it's not ours in the first place. That's an awesome example of what it likes to to just be radically (laughs) hospitable. That's, That's really cool. Yes. So you are physical therapist. Yeah. By day. Um, Mm -hmm. And I believe I remember Mm -hmm. from our conversation previously, it's geriatric physical therapist. Um, Uh And so how, how is that different? So geriatric is, you know, the older population. So like 65 plus. Um, And so I just have some advanced training on some of the uh, medical, psychological, social factors that go along with treating a person of advanced age and, um, you know, quality of life and 
maintaining dignity and choice is really big and aging in place and aging in a way that you want to, um, that meets your goals for yourself and your family. So that's been just my passion in the last, whatever, eight years that I've been a treating therapist. So, wow. Love do, you, it. do you get an opportunity to have conversations about the gospel with those, with those people? Like, I know that there's some yeah. separation between, you know, professionalism and, and employment and, sure. and, and religion. So, um, just kind of what's that look like? Um, well, I have a lady right now who's super fun to work with cause she's so open about her faith. She also has dementia, but <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't, she just doesn't care. She, we, we talk about faith all the time when we're working together, I'll just pull out my phone and start playing like some old hymns on, uh, YouTube and we'll like sing together. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there's opportunities where it's like super easy like that. And then, um, you know, other times you, you can just kind of like hear um, someone will mention something about their faith or like when they prayed. And I try to like jump on that opportunity mm. and, and just let them know like, hey, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I'm that person, too. Yeah, that's awesome. That is cool. Like, I think we're, we have this fear in the United States of someone finding out that we're a Christian at work. You know, um, I don't know that everyone's like that, but. My prayer is that not everyone is like that, that yeah. people are out there um, sharing the gospel because that's what we're called to do. But I, I think it's exciting to hear stories when, when people are, are able to do that. Yeah. So I think that's really awesome. So I, I'm super curious to know what it's like leading a disciple making group with another person. So, so when the group you came from, was that also, did your leader co-lead with somebody? No. 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 We're, the, we're the first co-led group of our little area as far as I know anyway. So how did that uh, come about? It came about um Whitney is uh Whitney Hoskins is my co-leader and she she was in a different she was being discipled by a different person from a different church community actually. So she was released a few months before I was and she's actually the one that approached me about co-leading and I was kind of like like mind blown like I didn't know that was even a thing. <laughs> so um which I was really excited about because I'm a little bit like timid, tentative. I'm not very confident. Um, I mean, like I knew I had the information coming out of D group or huddle, but I was just like, I don't feel like I'm, you know, a mature enough Christian. Like I feel, you know, I feel like really I've only had a faith for two to three years at this point. Um, And she's had one for much longer. So it just seemed like a good pairing. Um, our apests are kind of on the opposite ends as well. Um, so that was like a good yin and yang. So I think we complement our, complement each other really well in kind of like our strengths and, um, what we can bring to a huddle. And I think it's, it's nice to have two leaders. I've since heard it's kind of common, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we, yeah, we kind of feel like the, the guinea pigs of our area anyway, at least. That's funny. So how does it work then? Um, like you know, we pick people of peace. So how, how does that change the dynamics in the room? Like you have your people of peace and her people of peace. So how does that work? Yeah, we both kind of came together with some lists, like people that we were, had been thinking through and praying through. Um, and then like, obviously the ones that matched up, we were like, okay, let's ask them. Um, and then we just kind of prayed for 
the other people on the other lists. And we actually did a little bit of like a pre pre-start. I want to say we did, we read a book together. So we kind of did like a little book club as Mm a, Hey, if you want to get your feet wet in disciple making, go through this book study with us. And if at the end you want to continue, all right, then you're going to be in the group. Otherwise bail now. (laughs) So that was your tasking to them. Yeah, that was kind of our our tasking. And so um, in that time, we actually found a couple other people to join in. So yeah, it was good. Awesome. (laughs) We're just, you know, making things up as we go along. Mm -hmm. So what do you think one of the one or more of the limitations are to co-leading versus leading on your own? Well, not on your own, but with just the Lord. Yeah, I think one of the most difficult things is just like organization and communication carving out that time to think ahead and have some sort of a prepared plan for every week. Um, in just like in, in maybe like several weeks in a row, like, Hey, this is like our overarching, we hope to cover these things. Um, or, or like maybe God is like working on us about two different things and it's like, okay, well maybe, I'll lead this week and you lead next week. So it's just a lot of, a lot of communication. Yeah. We've made it work and it's, it's been good. And so going back to the APES, um, you're, is it teacher? Is that right for you? Shepherd. Shepherd. Teacher. Okay. Um, I'm shepherd teacher too. So that's really cool. And then, um, so, and you said that you and Whitney were different kind of, um, like you don't have the same APES giftings. And so do, do you think well, that for sure higher on the other ones that I'm not? Oh yeah. Like the prophet. Like the... Like, yeah. She's just like super prophet. Yeah, like prophet's just a blip <laughs> on the radar for me. Like it's barely, oh, yeah. it's like, barely like, there. Absolute lowest. Yeah. Um, well, so do you, so do you think that that somehow hinders your growth in those other places by having someone that you can lean on? Or do you think that you think that working together is actually beneficial um, to help grow those areas of you that that are lower and then like like profit um you know what I'm saying yeah I think it's a little bit of both and it's something that we've both acknowledged to each other we always like to joke like I'm the grace giver and she's the truth teller so she gets to be like the meanie and you know and, like really press into people and I'm like it's okay though God still lets you <laughs> the good cop bad cop <laughs> yeah but you know, isn't isn't good. But I think that having our you know conversations and knowing that a bit about each other, and um, you know, after our current group, who knows if we'll continue to co-lead or if we'll go out and, and do it on our own. So I know for sure myself, I'm like, okay, I've got to really step it up because mm-hmm. I'm not always going to get to rely on someone else to mm-hmm. do that. Right. Yeah. So I have yeah, we're trying to sharpen each other in that way. Iron sharpening iron. Yeah, that's one of my favorite scriptures. I just started going to that scripture the last couple, probably the last three or four days. Really? Yeah. I mean, I in fact, I think I hear you say it frequently, um, but I've never really dug into it until. It's a good uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. So it, it, there is a difference, Emily, between leading a group and being in a group, um, whether you're co-leading or leading on your own. What do you think the biggest growth you've seen and the biggest struggle you've seen in leading a group in leading a group oh man um 
Yeah, I think the biggest growth area for me is anyway, just like confidence and like being in, in front of like a group, even though I have a strong teacher leaning, I get very nervous, like speaking in front of people um, in teaching in that way. And so like, just, I just remember when I was like teaching shapes at the beginning, I was literally like shaking, like drawing uh-huh. on our little like whiteboard. And I just felt like my voice was really strained. And so I think I've, I've grown in that way and, and kind of like accepted the authority that's been like given to me. Um, and what was the other part of your question? Sorry. Um, the struggles and then the biggest thing you've learned learned okay yeah um yeah I think I'm just going to like Putman's circle is just like learning that transition between adults and and parent and really investing in discipling so that they can then go and disciple others sorry about this (laughs) (laughs) somebody's not having a good day back there huh (laughs) We're pretty close to PlayStation. So I'm just That's pretty close funny. That's funny. <laughs> where where do you think that you've been stretched more? Do you think you've been stretched more as a disciple or as a disciple leader? Mm, good one. I kind of think as a disciple leader, because there's been several times um, that I've been, you know, questioned and pressed by by my group, you mm-hmm. know. So that's that's good. I feel like they're, they're really good truth tellers. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's one of those things like, like when you're being disciple, you get to say, well, I'm just, a, I'm just learning. I don't, I don't know. And so, but when you're right. the discipler, like, like so yeah, yeah, you're held to a higher like, standard. Yeah, I'm just here to be just to learn. Exactly. Yeah. And you don't, you don't get to, you don't get that cop out yeah, you know, like, oh, wait, wait, I'm the leader of the room. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So like, when you're the leader, like, like sure. you have to show, the expectations that you have for them. Yeah, like I yes. can't yeah. back away. Like, mm, you can't ask me that question. Yeah. <laughs> like, Lead by I don't example. Have that. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of like, yeah. You can't be like, okay, hold on. Let, let me make a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> let me make a phone, phone call friend. and ask that question. <laughs> I'll get back to where, you. Where's your group on the, on the discipling square? Like, are you guys in D1, D2? Oh, good question. I feel like we're bouncing. Are you? <laughs> How long have you guys been going? We've been going for a year now. Okay. And how many ladies are in it? Uh, three. So cool. there's five of us total, the two co-leaders, and we have three. So you're teetering between one and two or two and three? I say two and three. Two and three? Yeah. So so how that how does that feel on your end? How does that make you feel, Emily? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Whitney and I have had conversations about like, man, we just really wish that... Um, you know, like open, honest and vulnerable. Like we would just wish that they would just open up a little bit more. There's, we just feel like there's something in there and it's not like not being divulged. And, um, so trying to think of different ways to, you know, when we, and the other thing with COVID is like, we've been on zoom for months and months and months. Um, so you lose a little bit of that, about that like relationship when you're in the same room together. So mm-hmm. like, okay, over zoom, what kind of questions can we ask? Oh man, that would be tough. To bring some stuff out that we think would be so beneficial to be unloaded and to release to the group, um, to be either kairos or have a teaching moment. So, so that, that's that's great. Kind of our struggle. I was gonna say COVID. COVID has thrown a curveball into disciple making for you guys. Then, huh? Yeah, we've been meeting 
on Zoom as long as we were in person. So, wow. Did you, Lauren, did you do any Zoom? Mm-mm. We did three or four in March. We, I started my group in um, February. And then in March, we did three or four Zoom meetings. And it's just hard. You miss that. Um, the one-on-one, yeah. I don't know. It's just a, it's just a lot harder. Well, there's so much, there's so much ha- that happens in the breaking of bread together yeah. and the fellowship. And, and I, I sort of feel like through zoom, um, people are able to kind of hide themselves a little more yes. where like if you're in person with somebody and you can see that there's something there and they don't even necessarily know what mm-hmm. it is like trying to circle through zoom and not be able to fully read body language would be tough. Yeah. That, yeah, I probably about like once every, I don't know, I'll say six weeks and throw that out there, maybe eight weeks. We have done like an in-person outdoor gathering. So we've done a couple like out things. Um, we've just done a couple fun things, meet the park. So the, and those have been really rich. It really feels like that one day is equal to like a month on Zoom. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah, I bet so. So what do you guys do for, for out? Well, we've done a couple different things. <laughs> uh, we originally, our first out was going to be, um, and we did it one time in March, pre-shutdown. Uh, we did um, a homeless ministry. And so we were going to continue that once a month. Uh, and then, like I said, that just kind of got shut down, but we were able to do that for one time. And the idea was, and we did it with another group another disciple group it was like the the men's group and the women's group and we were in charge of like the sermon portion of that we worked with the local organization that has been doing this homeless ministry and we were in part charge of the sermon part so one person from each group was basically giving fresh bread Mm. Um, and that was like the sermon like what are you hearing from god what are you doing about it just to hold listen and obey Mm, that's cool um and then more recently, we were able to serve a um, organization that houses and supports victims of sex trafficking. Wow, that's a you know that's that, Lauren's heart. It is, man. Yeah. So, so my, really? the mission for my my group, we were initially going. There's a group, um, a place called the Dragonfly Home here, um, and we, Michael and I, had a coffee roasting business um, before 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 either of us started disciple making and. Um, we met them through that. They kind of started up and we would, um, kind of, we would support them and, um, they have, they help human trafficking victims, male and female, they help get them back on their feet. And so my heart is really tender toward that. So my group was planning to go to a training. You have to go to a training first before you can meet any of the people, any of the women or men. And, um, we just kind of wanted to love on them and, and speak some life into them and, um, our hope ultimately was to be able to teach them eat the word so they could learn how to hear the voice of the Lord. But COVID threw a curveball there, too. So um, our training got pushed back to November where we would be knee deep in mission. Um, it would just be starting. So um, I don't I don't know what the plan is for that, but it's still really tender on my heart. And I think it's a that's a great that's a great way to reach people. Yeah, we were able to um, they were doing like a first ever retreat. And so we were able to provide a meal and we had written like hand handwritten cards like words of encouragement with some scripture and we had prayed over all of them before and then like we were there and like helped serve this meal and just were like showing love for these women i love that idea i actually really love the idea of the cards i'm writing that down because even if we can't be there for mission to see these people we can still encourage them 
I love that <laughs> yeah, idea. For sure. That's really neat. So as far as the homeless ministry, um, what did you guys there do there? Just like handing out food? Uh, no, actually, we didn't do that. We were just like available for prayer. If people wanted to come to us for prayer, we were kind of stationed all around. Wow. Um, there was other people, like a truck that was at the end of the service was handing out food or some like socks and, you know, just some warm clothing. Um, but we were kind of just in that, of course, that was our first time we were, yeah. <laughs> we had planned to do more the next times, but right. that's a, uh, so then we kind of like veered, we didn't do any outs for a long time. We recently did that, um, the meal. And so now we're hoping to still have another way to partner with that sex, anti-sex trafficking organization. I love that. My group hasn't decided on an out yet, so. no. but you know, we're, we're pretty early in. Yeah. So, um, I figure after Christmas we'll do that. Yeah. I think it's neat. Our, the Lord just kind of lined up for, for us since that was kind of pulled out mm-hmm. from under our feet where, mm-hmm. um, my group actually Friday, we get to do an up at the church and my ladies are inviting their people of peace and, um, we're going to go through the prayer hexagon and it'll be, I'm, I'm really excited. It's, it's cool. Yeah. It's, I think it'll be fun to kind of sit back and watch them, you know, lead, you know, see what, yeah. apply what they've learned through yeah. this process and, yeah. and build some confidence in themselves yeah. so that they're capable when it's their time. Yeah. So, so if you awesome. feel like you want to drive here Friday. Yeah. Come on uh, down. You're more than welcome. <laughs> like tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can ma- yeah. you can manage that, right? Yeah. yeah. Come on. Come on down. So um, I did have a, one. Oh, what is one thing um, just for our listeners? Like some of our listeners are already in a disciple making relationship. Some of them aren't. Um, what would you say to them? Like if you were a salesperson and you were pitching disciple making i was gonna ask that quote you read my mind you did so like if you were to pitch disciple making like why should someone be interested in a disciple making relationship what would you say to them and i would say if you want to not only grow in relationship with god if you want to grow in relationship with community of believers if you want to be challenged Mm -hmm. and just come out on the other side with more blessings and more faith than you ever knew could be possible, do it. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty legit. That is. And it's pretty, it's pretty spot on. It it's is. pretty accurate. It's like yeah. the perfect summary. So it is. Well, I want to thank you, Emily, for joining us today. And one of the things that we ask our guests to do um, each week is to say a little prayer to pray us out. Would you be willing to do that? Sure. All right. (laughs) Father God, thank you so much for the time I got to spend with these ladies. Um, I just ask you to bless Lori and Lauren and they continue these great podcasts, uh, interviewing women of faith who are out there doing the work of disciple making. Um, I just pray for all those listening who are either in or finished or thinking about a discipleship group. Lord, I just pray that you are speaking to them, that you are working on them and that they will say yes. Um, Lord, we just, we know that it's the great commission to go out and make disciples who make disciples. And, uh, God, I just pray for, um, this world that we are chasing after the spirit and not of things of this world. And, uh, just thank you so much for your overwhelming and abundant love. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. That was good. That was really good. Again, Emily, thank you for joining us from Kansas City. 
Um, always exciting to hear the sirens in the background and get to decide what, <laughs> what it might be. So um, anyways, thank you guys, listeners, for joining us. Um, grace and peace. Grace and peace. Bye, Emily. Bye, Emily. Bye. Thank you.